Accelerate Service 2016 promises to be an inspiring, engaging, and educational two-day conference focused on and dedicated to five-star customer service. In addition to the amazing content you will receive over the two-day event, you will also be contributing to a larger vision of raising funds for Three Square Food Bank, a subsidiary of Feeding America, who serves food insecure residents in Southern Nevada. Make sure to check out Accelerate2016.com. That is Excel with two L's, Accelerate2016.com. Welcome to episode 151 of Cracks with Customer Code. I'm Jeannie Walters, and I'm here with the defending champion of customer service snooker, Adam Taporic. <laughs> what is snooker? I'm not sure, but I just liked the alliteration. It's some form of pool, maybe? It is. It's a billiard game of some sort. Ah. And I know how you like hanging out in pool halls. <laughs> so I just figured that those two things went together. We don't like <laughs> no pool sharks in this town. <laughs> Name that movie. You get a, I'll uh, send you something. I would have to guess Roadhouse, but I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? It's a Paul Newman movie. Oh, The Sting? Cool Hand Luke. Oh, yeah. No, no just but, kidding. The Hustler. <laughs> the Hustler. Yeah, that's what I meant. <laughs> that's what you meant. So <laughs> let's hustle on over to our topic, Jeannie. Oh, nice. Nicely done. <laughs> so what are we Go talking on. about today? Well, I saw how there's this new, um, I guess, retail destination called Turnstile. Haha, <laughs> and it's a play on words because it's spelled S-T-Y-L-E. Ah. That's the, like, stylish. But it's actually kind of an underground shopping destination in the New York subway. And what they're doing is trying to really appeal to people where they are um, instead of making a destination mall. And so it's been successful. There's, it's more of like an underground food hall, I guess, but they have other options as well. And it was really built to try to give commuters and others just more choice instead of just the newsstands and the traditional things that you might see kind of tucked into the subway. They really, it was thoughtfully designed. It was really something that they did to increase the experience of the subway riders, but also to make sure that they were offering the right things instead of just kind of saying, rent is available, <laughs> whoever wants it, it's yours. <laughs> All right, so it's like a planned community, only a planned uh, subway <laughs> shopping stop. Yes, yes. And the designer of this one had actually already done one that was more upscale, and there was some backlash about that. So they really tried to offer spots for retailers that were the best variety, as well as kind of local hip providers, <laughs> things that people wanted instead of just saying, okay, there, you can get a Subway sandwich and a, you know, cup of coffee. Gotcha. So when you say two upscale, they were like, you go to the Subway stop and it's like a Louis Vuitton store. I mean, what do you mean by two upscale? <laughs> well, in this other one, they did have like, you could get caviar and you could get high-end chocolate and things that most commuters were kind of like, eh, I don't really need that right now. <laughs> so they really thought about this one differently. Unless, I mean, except it's, if it's you and you're on your way to a snooker championship, I know you've got the traditional caviar lunch, right? Well, you know, <laughs> usually that's part of the prize. <laughs> right. When you show up as the 10-time customer service snooker champion, this is just how you're treated. Yeah. You, but, you should really show off the uh, belt more often. <laughs> the belt. <laughs> well, what I like about this, and you know, 
you and I talked about this before, is the idea of bringing the customer experience to the customers and not having the customers come to the customer experience. Now, what it's sort of interesting to me is how what is suitable to this and what is not? Because my first impression would not be a subway stop. Like when I think of where I want to eat, right. I don't think of New York subway. <laughs> but they, it looks, you know, I saw the pictures and it looks really clean and we'll link to it in the show notes. You know, they've done a good job of making it not feel like, you know, the subway mm-hmm. platform. Right, right. Well, and it's it really is part of the experience. So if you're walking from one space to another, you get all these options They've made it look very different. They've made it feel very different. They put in requirements about uh, having fresh food available and things like that. So you can't have just, you know, frozen things that you pop in the microwave all the time. And it presented some unique challenges to these retailers, too. So if they got accepted, they had to think through, like, okay, (laughs) how do we do this? You know, it's not as accessible as other locations. So they really had to limit some of the offerings that they had to make sure that they were bringing the best quality and also even design things like different kinds of refrigeration options and things like that than they have above ground. So it's like a whole, it's like if, if the beast (laughs) <laughs> from Beauty and the Beast were living down there, <laughs> but he's actually a prince. <laughs> <laughs> wow. What a, what, a, what a metaphor, Jeannie. I don't even, I don't know. You, you finally stumped me. Uh, I don't know. Episode 151, you finally stumped me. <laughs> I don't know how the underground retailers and the Beauty and the Beast, I don't know how to segue <laughs> off of that. <laughs> We, well, we've think, we've we've run into the L train. <laughs> <laughs> That's a Chicago reference. I thought you'd appreciate oh, that. Oh, the L. It's just the L. It's just though. the it's L. The L well, you know, for us, you have to specify that it's a train. <laughs> well, it's the other interesting thing about about this is that there has been a little bit of backlash about the choices that they made, because as as much as they kind of touted the way that they were bringing these local providers, these. Uh, these choices that customers would want. They made a big deal about like, we're not going to have Subway sandwiches and we're not going to have Dunkin' Donuts, but they did put a Starbucks in there. And so some of the comments already are kind of like, well, I can go upstairs and get a Starbucks within like four corners, (laughs) you know, like it's not, it's not a big deal. And some people prefer Pete's coffee over Starbucks or whatever. So I think that part of this is that age old question of how much do you ask customers what they want and how much do you say we're going to design this in the best way we possibly can based on what we know, based on behavior, based on what kind of results we want to drive and then kind of validate that with customers as much as you can, but knowing that you're not going to be able to please everybody all the time, even though that's everybody's goal. Yeah. Yeah. To me, this question is simpler than that version of the question because I think there's a difference between the Steve Jobs they don't know what they want till I design it kind of thing mm-hmm. and this because when you ask customers what they want and you're talking about innovating something they don't know about that's a different issue right here you're just asking them to choose what's their choice this coffee or that coffee you're not asking them for the new iPhone of coffee and something they've never experienced right so that's a different issue I think in cases like this where you're just basically asking for choice between alternatives then consumer preference is almost everything now I mean if you have some sort of 
ethical imperative to not use anything that's a chain and that's your concept. That's one thing. But like you said, apparently it was selective. It was, oh, well, this right. this monster right. chain was okay, but this one, you know. And th- I think when you do that, then at that point, what are you doing? Just get consumer feedback and decide what people want to eat. Because you know what? Over the long term, once it's not new, that's what's going to matter. Are people going to shop there or are people not going to shop there? If people want their Starbucks coffee and it's sitting on the corner above this thing or their Dunkin' right, in this case, right. and it's sitting, then they're going to get it there and then they're going to walk downstairs and they're exactly. not going to patronize this. So I think when you're looking at alternative choices and not innovation, yeah, that's when you do want to talk to customers. Well, and I think this opens up a lot of opportunity for other uh, cities and places like that to look at because – People do want things where they want it, when it's convenient for them. So when you brought up, you know, the L in Chicago, I would love more choice at platforms. There's no choice at platforms. You get on the train and you get off and that's all you do. <laughs> and so, <laughs> and there are some places where, yeah, you, you, uh, in the city where you come out and, you know, step out and there might be a Starbucks at the top of the stairs, but a lot of the places are just... Uh, you know, it's just about riding the train. And maybe that's enough. But what I liked about this was it was thinking a little differently about the experience. So I think that's what we want to encourage people to really, you know, take back for their own organizations is how can you look at the experience that your customers are having maybe outside of where you are? And can you bring that experience to them to connect with your brand more to make sure that you're providing them with something valuable where and when they need it, not just in the destination that you've created. Right. And be consistent with your concept. It's ironic. And this is no choice really to me over what Starbucks is better than Dunkin's or whatever. But what's ironic is if you're doing a local only place, Starbucks is actually a chain. Dunkin' is a franchise. So it's half local. I mean, I come from franchising. Those are local small businesses. (laughs) It's actually closer to the model, if that was the model, then a Starbucks would be. So, I mean, if you're going to have a concept, make sure it's a good concept. Use the consumer research to begin mm-hmm. with because there's no reason not to unless you're inventing something none of us have ever seen before and we don't know we need now that we're all, uh, you know, <laughs> yes. when, when we were Crackberry addicts, we didn't know we were going to need to be iPhone addicts eventually, <laughs> right? That's true. That's true. But yeah, so ask ask the questions and then I think you need to be consistent with these types of things, mm-hmm. especially with planned concepts and all that because people expect consistency and people, if you're going to, that's a consumer expectation you're setting. If you're selling that, you know, this is the small town village feel or this right, is the right. whatever, you know, if you're going to set up an outdoor shopping store and it's the small town village feel, well, you probably need to have an Ace and not a Home Depot. Right. Right. So right. It, 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 nothing against one or the other, just some will fit certain categories. So I think consistency, I think what you said, you know, really being true to it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I like these concepts, so I'd like to see more of I them. I do too. And, I do too. And especially at the uh, Lombard Blue Line stop. just to do a little Chicago shout out there in case anyone's listening. (laughs) It's actually the Austin stop, but I always get on, on the Lombard side, just to be clear. (laughs) What do they call, what do they call it in Chicago? Is it the MTA? What do they call it in Chicago? The L. (laughs) No, no. I mean like the, uh, the authority that governs the the CTA. CTA. There we go. Okay. All right. So the CTA. 
Make sure you're yes. listening. <laughs> I'm sure we've got lots of money in the city just for projects like this, too. So, <laughs> yeah, on that note, I think we'll definitely close this out <laughs> on Chicago's budget woes. Yes, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but right. I love this idea, and I, I hope other people will really think through the experience, which is what this is all about. And to keep our experience consistent, we hope you enjoyed episode 151 of Crack the Customer Code. A big thanks to our sponsor, the Accelerate Service 2016 Conference. Accelerate Service 2016 promises to be an inspiring, engaging, and educational two-day event focused on five-star customer service. To learn more, go to Accelerate2016.com. That's Accelerate2016.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe, check out all our episodes, and send us feedback at crackthecustomercode.com. I'm Jeannie Walters. Stay current on the latest customer experience trends and insights and see my TEDx talk at 360connects.com. And thank you to audible.com for sponsoring this episode. Get your own audiobook and free 30-day trial at audibletrial.com slash customercode. And I'm Adam Taporek. You can connect with me and find out more about our customer service workshops and our new online customer service training at customersthatstick.com. Until next time, take care of yourself. And take care of your customers. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.